It's time to talk about Las Vegas with Ira. Each week, Ira David Sternberg talks with the celebrities, entertainers, writers, and personalities who make Las Vegas the most exciting city in the world. And now, here's Ira. My guest is journalist Alan Snell, whose popular website, lvsportsbiz.com, reports the business side of Las Vegas' expanding sports industry. He's author of Long Road Back to Las Vegas, How Las Vegas and the Golden Knights Healed Journalist's Wounds. The book is available at all the usual places, including Amazon. And for everything about Alan Snell, go to lvsportsbiz.com. And you can follow Alan on Twitter at lvsportsbiz. And Alan, welcome back to the show. Thanks so much, Ira. It's great to chat with you. We talked a couple of years ago, and I wanted to get back to you because your decision to, and we're, talk, we're going to talk about the book in a second, but your decision to come back and write about the burgeoning sports business area of Las Vegas intrigued me at the time. And, and if anything, it's expanded and exploded even more. Did you feel validated by your decision to come back to Las Vegas? Very much so, Ira. Uh, at this point, I look at myself as riding the wave. You know, I covered some of the Golden Knight stuff in its really infancy when uh, the owner, Bill Foley, was looking to get deposits for season tickets to show the NHL that this Las Vegas market was worthy of an NHL franchise. So I had some institutional information up my sleeve, and to come back at a time when everything is being realized is, like you mentioned, uh, very validating, but also, you know, very exciting. Um, I'm, I'm very busy covering everything from UFC to Raiders Stadium to the Golden Knights games. And baseball. And obviously the baseball park has been a major addition to the Las Vegas market. The new Aviators AAA Baseball Park in Summerlin has been a tremendous success financially and attendance-wise. It's an interesting concept too, Alan, in that People that listen to the show listen both locally and around the world. And so when we talk about these various venues and teams, they're familiar with it, but at the same time, some are more local than others. But what's fascinating to me about the mix is that you could take a triple-A baseball team and you have this great new park and it just works for Las Vegas. And I'm sure over time, they're going to see more people coming in from out of town just to come to a not just to come to a baseball game, but to, as part of the Las Vegas experience, come to, to see a baseball game. Yes, well, the owner of the Aviators is Howard Hughes Corporation, and they were not too pleased with owning a baseball team in downtown Las Vegas. They felt location hurt attendance and deterred people from going to games, and they hit the jackpot. They received $80 million from the local Las Vegas Convention and Visitors Authority, the LBCVA, which is the local public tourism agency here in Las Vegas, they received $80 million in a naming rights deal to call it Las Vegas Ballpark, and that paid for more than half of the ballpark. And Howard Hughes Corporation, for your listeners outside of Las Vegas, they own the Summerlin community. They are the master developer, and the ballpark has served as, uh, as an amazing amenity for the Howard Hughes Corporation-owned Summerlin community in Metro Las Vegas. It's an interesting example of a synergistic combination in that sense, Alan, that 
you have the area, and now you've got a ballpark, and the two work very well with each other. And you have downtown Summerlin, which is a combination of, uh, well, even more now, living units, but stores, restaurants, retail outlets, etc. Yeah, it definitely works together. Howard Hughes obviously benefited by having the ballpark as part of downtown Summerlin because they could benefit by having fans come to their business district to eat before the games, shop uh, at the businesses that are renting at the business district, and then go to a ball game. And uh, AAA baseball has, I believe, at least 70 home dates. So that's a, that's a pretty impressive number of home dates for a venue. And the connection, again, between downtown Summerlin and sports in general is the Golden Knights, even though they're in T-Mobile, which is on the Strip, they still have their headquarters in downtown Summerlin as well. If you go to the baseball park, you cannot help but see the Vegas Golden Knights training center and headquarters, which has a naming rights deal also. It's called City National Arena. And the buildings are literally... When I say inches apart, I'm not exaggerating. <laughs> it's, uh, the buildings are literally, I can't, the two buildings are about a, a foot apart. The left field wall, the left field side of the baseball park is very close to the Golden Knights exterior building. And the Golden Knights have a training center and they have ice rinks for the local residents. But it's also become a community center where people come and they'll do uh, they'll meet at the pizzeria, which is owned by the owner of the Golden Knights. Mackenzie River Pizzeria is part of Bill Foley's restaurant chain. So it's uh, like you mentioned, it's become a quasi little sports center within the general parameters of the business district of uh, downtown Summerlin. So when you look at that from the perspective of a journalist, do you see all these different connections, not just in terms of geographically, but obviously this is a very unusual city. So you have a lot of interplay between hockey and baseball in downtown Summerlin in terms of there are hockey fans that go to the baseball games and vice versa. You've got a very good community support for baseball, but also for hockey, even though the team plays on the strip which is more of a tourist area, yet it's very strong local support. Well, in a way, the baseball park, if you want to think about it, benefited, if you will, from the Golden Knights losing in the playoffs in the first round because it was mid to late April when the Golden Knights lost to San Jose last year in seven games, and the fans needed a place to go. So they went from T-Mobile Arena on the Strip and the next cool place to be seen and to socialize was the baseball park. And the weather here in Las Vegas was also on the cool side. It was very nice weather overall in the spring. So the ballpark really uh, knocked it out of the park, so to speak, in terms of attendance. And like you said, the Golden Knight fans needed a place to go after the season ended and no better place to go to socialize and be within a sports environment as the baseball park in Summerlin. What is it? You mentioned the sports environment. What exactly is that for those people who are not into that culture, if you want to call it that, what is it about sports that if your favorite team is done for the season you and you now go to a different 
sports team. And what I mean by a different sports team, a different game. So you go from hockey to baseball or baseball to football or football to basketball. Well, I have a theory that sports venues are kind of a psychological safe space for, especially for older men where they have a place where they can socialize and they might not necessarily pay attention to every single play on the field or in the court, but it's a safe place where they can enjoy, get away from the pressures of life, so to speak. And I, to me, it goes back to their childhood where sports occupy the fun time of their childhood where they either played uh, baseball or they played football or they played basketball with their friends. And there was a sense of autonomy and freedom as a kid and as an adult. I think the modern sports venue, in a way, serves as the same function. It's a, it's a psychological safe space for adults where both men and women can have fun socializing. That's why, to me, the growth of sports is driven by the development of sports venues. And here in Las Vegas, T-Mobile Arena really drove the arrival of the Vegas Golden Knights. And obviously, the the big public subsidy for the Raiders and the construction of Raiders Stadium naturally drove the, the arrival of the Raiders here in 2020 and even the baseball park in Summerlin. And just last night, a lot of Golden Knights fans went for an outdoor watch party to watch the Golden Knights defeat Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh at a watch party at the baseball park, which was a natural connection. So I think new venues in Las Vegas, have really driven the industry in this market. You mentioned the Raiders Stadium that's coming up, and that has generated a lot of excitement, a lot of interest. Do you see it reaching a certain point once it opens that Las Vegas looks at it and says, okay, that's about it for now. We have to take a little break and just let all this stuff simmer in or bake in before we go another step further and go go even higher in terms of our sports development? Well, certainly the public contribution of public money towards sports venues, I think, will kind of hit a wall with the Raider Stadium. As you know, there is a extra fee on your rooms, on your hotel rooms in Southern Nevada that is being collected to pay off the debt for the bonds that were floated to pay the $750 million for the Raiders for the stadium. And quite frankly, Ira, I just don't think there's more public money to be raised and generated for professional sports venues. So, you know, if, if, if a developer or team owner wants to build a privately financed baseball park, I think that's fine in Las Vegas. I just, I don't see a half a billion dollars being raised toward a billion dollar baseball (laughs) park in Las Vegas anymore. Uh, I think the Raiders have pretty much uh, raided the till, if you will, (laughs) in terms of uh, public monies for uh, sports venues. One of the reasons for my question, too, had to do with, as a local, just getting around town once the Raider Stadium is open and there are games going on. And especially if there are games going on there in T-Mobile, it would just seem to me very tough to navigate around to try to get to one or both of those events? Well, I mean, there are plans uh, afoot 
by the Raiders to get people to the venue. From the get-go, there's supposed to be four remote parking lots where people can take shuttles to the stadium. A lot of people are probably aware that there is a woefully lower number of parking spaces, I believe, less than three, about 3,000 spaces on the site. It's about a 62-acre site on the west side of Interstate 15. Most people who are driving along I-15 will see the stadium literally coming out of the ground on the west side of the interstate across from Mandalay Bay. So the one thing which the Raiders are counting on is that they believe about 40% of the fans will be coming from the strip and they'll literally walk across Hacienda Avenue, which is the road that spans the interstate from the Mandalay Bay casino side of the highway. So you're going to see a lot of pedestrians. You'll see about, like you know, like the Raiders say, they believe about 40, they believe 20, 25, maybe upwards to 30,000 people might be walking from the Strip to the stadium. But, you know, Las Vegas being Las Vegas, I think, you know, keep in mind that people are taking the buses to T-Mobile Arena. I know RTC does have regional buses that take people to the arena. I know some people who take that. So, you know, there'll obviously be an education process involved and people figuring out the best and most efficient way to get to that stadium. That makes sense. Let's take a break. My guest journalist, Alan Snell, whose popular website, lvsportsbiz.com, reports the business side of Las Vegas' expanding sports industry, is also author of Long Road Back to Las Vegas, How Las Vegas and the Golden Knights Healed a Journalist's Wounds. The book is available at all the usual places, including Amazon.com. And for everything about Alan Snell, you can go to lvsportsbiz.com and you can follow Alan on Twitter at lvsportsbiz. And when we return, we're going to talk about the top five sports business stories. We'll be right back. We'll be back with more Talk About Las Vegas with Ira in just a moment. Aviator One in a holding pattern until the return of baseball in 2020. Your Las Vegas Aviators AAA affiliate of the Oakland Athletics had an amazing inaugural season at the new Las Vegas ballpark. Great new food choices, a beautiful club level, bark on the berm dog nights, fireworks nights, and family fun nights. Don't miss a minute of the action when the Aviators return to the Las Vegas ballpark in 2020. Season tickets are on sale now at AviatorsLV.com. Now, let's get back to Talk About Las Vegas with Ira. Welcome back. I'm talking with journalist Alan Snell, whose popular website, lvsportsbiz.com, reports the business side of Las Vegas' expanding sports industry. He's also author of Long Road Back to Las Vegas, How Las Vegas and the Golden Knights Healed a Journalist's Wounds. The book is available at all the usual places, including Amazon.com. And for everything about Alan Snell, go to lvsportsbiz.com, and you can follow Alan on Twitter at lvsportsbiz. And Alan, before we talk about the top five sports business stories from your point of view, just give us a little bit uh, for our listeners who may not be familiar with your book about the reason for writing the book and your return to Las Vegas. Well, in March of 2017, I was living in Florida and I was bicycling my usual morning route when a motorist who was distracted drove his car into me and it was a rather violent collision. I was very lucky to survive and 
it was a wake-up call to return to Las Vegas and start LVSportsBiz.com. And I wanted to document the entire experience, the entire journey of returning to Las Vegas and the entire journey of recovery. And the point of the book really is to show people that if I can get through it, you can get through it. So when I arrived back in Las Vegas to launch LVSportsBiz.com in June of 2017, the Vegas Golden Knights team was literally being selected. It was the time of the expansion draft. There were other pro teams that were being created, such as the soccer team. The uh, MGM Resorts International bought the WNBA franchise out of San Antonio and moved them into Mandalay Bay Event Center. It was a very dynamic period in the sports industry. So I found that working on the new site and launching the new site and specifically paying a lot of attention to the Golden Knights helped me move forward. So the book really is about moving forward from trauma and recovery. And the book has a lot of photos and also talks about my recovery as a bicyclist as well. I, one of the things I enjoy doing during the mornings and probably later in the afternoon as the, as the temperatures cool down a little is biking Red Rock Canyon, which is one of the most beautiful natural resources in the Western United States, if not the country. So I think the book has a little bit for everyone. Yeah, fascinating reading, and I, wa- I wanted you to talk a little bit about it, and I appreciate it. Let's talk about the top five sports business stories from your point of view in Las Vegas. What would you say would be the, I guess we could work from bottom to top or top to bottom, or maybe they're all equal since they're the top <laughs> five. So I'll let you pick it. <laughs> okay, well, let's just start at the top with number one, and that to me is the Raiders Stadium. It is the driver behind the Raiders coming to this market. It also will bring other events uh, such as the Pac-12 football championship game that will be played. The Las Vegas Bowl will be moved from uh, Sam Boyd Stadium to the new Raiders Stadium, which they also cut a big and lucrative um, multi-year deal with Allegiant Air. So it's called Allegiant Stadium. And to me, the Raider Stadium, in my book, is the number one sports business story. It's going to open in uh, July, late July of 2020. That's the, it's scheduled to open anyway in terms of when the construction is supposed to be finished. And if you drive along I-15 near Mandalay Bay, near the south end of the Strip down there, you will see this building just coming out of the ground. It's, it's a huge, huge addition to the Las Vegas market. Keep in mind that Southern Nevada during uh, 30 years will be raising more than a billion dollars to pay off the 750 million that the region gave the readers to pay for the stadium. The project itself is about $2 billion. The construction bill itself under the $2 billion umbrella is 1.4 billion with the balance of the money going for all kinds of property acquisition, professional costs, such as the architectural and engineering design, and even the furniture for the building comes under the budget. And uh, one thing to, uh, here's a little anecdote, is that Libby Restaurants has won the food and beverage concessions contract at the Raiders Stadium, and that makes Levy Restaurants, the winner of what I call the Grand Slam of food concessions in the market. 
You already have the uh, contract at T-Mobile Arena. They have a contract at Las Vegas Motor Speedway. And their minor league baseball partner has the contract at the Aviators Ballpark in Summerlin. So uh, that's uh, kind of a big deal in the food and beverage industry. I put Raider Stadium as my number one. My number two is, uh, no surprise, the continuation of the money machine known as the Vegas Golden Knights. They are in top five in terms of revenue coming from corporate sponsorships, in terms also of uh, ticket and gate revenue, and in merchandise in the National Hockey League. And they are right now the big 800-pound gorilla in our market. The Vegas Golden Knights have attracted a lot of fans who never even knew hockey, and that is one of the hottest tickets on the Strip in any entertainment category is the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, So they're my number two. Uh, Number three is the Las Vegas Aviators Baseball Park in Summerlin. It was a huge, huge success this past year. They led minor league baseball in attendance. And the ballpark, I believe, was named uh, baseball, uh, the minor league ballpark of the year by a, a website. And they also hit it out of the ballpark in terms of merchandise sales. They made more than a million dollars in merchandise sales, which is a lot of money for minor league baseball team by the middle of the summer. You might recall that there was a little pushback on the actual logo of the aviators. There were some um, people who were upset about the uh, the design and they couldn't understand it and they called it the Ant-Man and this and that, but at the end of the day, people bought the merchandise. So the Las Vegas Aviators Baseball Park is my number three sports business story of 2019. This is a, a story that I think has flown under the uh, radar, which is my number four. And it's a big deal for UFC. UFC, uh, people should understand that whether you like cage fighting or not, you can't deny the fact that it is a huge huge business story. Las Vegas-based UFC sold for more than $4 billion in 2016. And the reason I call them my number four business story is that they purchased a very big building right next to their headquarters off of Jones in the 215 this past year. And they redeveloped it into a studio where they have uh, all kinds of events in there. Dana White, the president, who's kind of the emotional soul, if you will, of uh, UFC, has created a a series called Dana White's uh, Contender Series where they take raw prospects and they have competitions. And the space also can be used for all kinds of broadcast opportunities by UFC. UFC, to me, is more than just a fight promotion outfit, if you will. They're also a massive media company. They do a lot of in-house production, and they will probably use that building for a lot of in-house broadcasts. And they can also even have small concerts there. So that, to me, was a a very big deal. And my number five sports business story is a tie between Las Vegas Motor Speedway, which is now in its second year of having two NASCAR events a year. It's a big deal. 
they had an event in September where they finished the race under the lights, which was a big deal. And the, the comeback of NASCAR at the Speedway, I think, is a story to look, look for. The attendance at the NASCAR events were kind of sliding a little, but I think they've reversed field and they are increasing attendance at their two annual NASCAR events a year at the Speedway. So that's tied with number five with the, the attempted comeback of UNLV. They are, I think, struggling both in football and even in basketball. You know, people have to remember that 30 years ago, UNLV basketball was the Vegas Golden Knights of Las Vegas. That's it right. Was, yeah. They were the headliner. And it's pretty sad to see some of those small crowds at Thomas and Mack Center over the, over the last couple of years. So UNLV's attempt at getting back with a new basketball coach uh, will be a story to uh, look for in 2019. And also, this is their final year at Sam Boyd Stadium. I believe they lost their football game Friday night to Fresno State. So the team is struggling at 2-5 and five in terms of football. But they move into the new Raiders Stadium as technically a co-tenant of that building. So the transition from Sam Boyd Stadium to the new Raiders Stadium, to me, puts UNLV in the top five along with the Speedway in the number five position. That's a great top five. What Looking ahead for 2020, do you think, Alan, that we'll see the tremendous growth percentage-wise as we did the last couple of years, or will it level out in terms of not just construction, but just development of various entities in the sports world? Do, or do you see something coming down the pike that none of us see? Well, I, I look at the year 2020 as the big year for the arrival of the Raiders. I think the year 2020 will not see the addition of an NBA team. I know there's always this chatter about Major League Baseball coming to Las Vegas, I would put that off for a while. To me, the next major league that would come to Las Vegas would be the NBA. But I think Major League Basketball is several years down the road. There's no doubt that MGM Resorts International would love to have another tenant in that arena that they own with a couple other co-owners. They would love to have the revenue to uh, be generated along with UFC and the Vegas Golden Knights in that building. But to me, the next team would be, the next league would be the NBA in about, to me, three to five years. Major League Baseball is contingent on a baseball park, and it has to be domed because of our weather here. And I don't see them coming for another five years, so... 2020 to me is the year of the Raiders, the opening of the new Dome football stadium just off the strip. I look at the Vegas Golden Knights as making a run for the Stanley Cup final, so that will be a big business story. And uh, I, you know, I, I see, like you mentioned, the continuation of the Aviators, UFC, UNLV. I just wanted to add 2020 could be an interesting year for soccer. And if I had to make a tie for third for the fifth position for sports business, it would probably be the soccer team because they have a potential new owner that would like to redevelop the Cashman Center site and try to work with the city of Las Vegas to redevelop a corridor along Las Vegas Boulevard near the Cashman Center. 
And if he's able to work out a deal with the city of Las Vegas, he's going to buy the team, the Las Vegas Lights, and make an effort to bring them to Major League Soccer. But again, it's uh, high hopes. So that's a story to look out for for 2020. And that's a great way to end it with high hopes. Thank you. My guest has been journalist Alan Snell, whose popular website, lvsportsbiz.com, reports the business side of Las Vegas' expanding sports industry. He's also author of Long Road Back to Las Vegas, How Las Vegas and the Golden Knights Healed a Journalist's Wounds. The book is available at all the usual places, including Amazon. For everything about Alan Snell, you can go to lvsportsbiz.com and follow Alan, that's A-L-A-N and S-N-E-L, and follow him on LV Sports Biz. And Alan, thanks so much for being on the show. It's always a pleasure to talk with you, Ira. See you next time. You've been listening to Talk About Las Vegas with Ira. Each week, Ira David Sternberg talks with the celebrities, entertainers, writers, and personalities who make Las Vegas the most exciting city in the world. Be my Thank you.